Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Kyle Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Let me just start by saying I'm so thankful for our church staff that I get to be around all week. Um, Pastor Nate, Marissa, Sloan, my dad. Yeah, it's, they fill me with life. They fill me with joy. Um, I've been around different environments. This is the most healthy, best, fun environment to be a staff member, to be a pastor in. And so I can say that with confidence before the Lord. I'm so thankful for this church's staff, and I'm thankful for you guys. We wouldn't be a church without every single one of you sitting in these chairs and everyone watching online. You are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ together. We truly are one family. We are going to be brothers and sisters for billions of years, standing on the sea of glass, worshiping our perfect Jesus forever. There's a lot of implications to what I just said, but the main one is we can be thankful now for everyone sitting next to us. We're going to be friends forever. Husbands, you're going to be a brother to your wife, not married to them in heaven. You're going to be a brother to them and a friend to them in heaven. We are family forever. So let's start now. <laughs> let's start now. Awesome. So the title of today's message is Thanksgiving, the key to an open heaven. Thanksgiving is the key that unlocks the open heaven that we all desire. Today I'm going to be giving a sermonette, a smaller sermon, on the power of thanksgiving. The power of thanksgiving. For about the next 20 minutes, my pastoral aim is to impart two specific things to us as a church family. First, I want to impart the biblical definition of thanksgiving. Biblical definitions are vitally important always, but they are especially crucial in our day because right now in the culture, biblical definitions are under all-out assault from the enemy. The devil himself is seeking to deconstruct, to dismantle, and to ultimately redefine biblical definitions that have been set in stone and solidly accepted for over 2,000 years. I will be combating this attack by bringing us the real biblical definitions of gratitude and thanksgiving. My second goal as a pastor this morning is to impart faith and confidence to us by sharing some biblical examples and stories that demonstrate the power of thanksgiving. I believe these stories from the Bible will back up and actually prove the title of the message that I just told you guys. What's the title? What's the thesis? What's the main take-home idea from my message today? It's this. Thanksgiving is the key to the door of heaven. Thank you is heaven's password. Heaven has a password, and it's two words, thank you, with the Y and the U capitalized, because it's God that we're thanking. I like this implication from this thesis Gratitude, think about it this way, gratitude is the grease on the hinge that opens heaven's gate. Gratitude is the grease or the oil on heaven's hinge for heaven's gate. Drilling it down deeper, 
our simple offering of thank you, Jesus, is what connects our weak, fragile, broken human hearts to heaven's perfectly whole heart, the very heart of Jesus. Our thank you, as it were, reestablishes that spiritual umbilical cord where the very life of God can flow from his heart in heaven to our hearts in earth. Who in here has been connected to an umbilical cord at one time in their life? We can get this analogy. You wouldn't be here without that umbilical cord. It's a miracle. And you know it's a threefold cord? If you look at it, it's a threefold cord. There's a scripture about that. You can meditate on that later. <laughs> Our thank you opens heaven's gate so that the very righteousness, peace, and joy that we all crave for from Jesus may flow freely and fully into our human experience here on the earth. Thanksgiving is the simple gift we give to God. And the gift he gives in return is the very answer to the core prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. On earth, as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. Thanksgiving is the starter key, as it were, to seeing this most important prayer answered in our day. On earth as it is in heaven. Amen? So let's first look at the biblical definition of thanksgiving. Let's first define thanksgiving using the Old Testament Hebrew word for thanksgiving, found in the famous Psalm 100 verse. Psalm 100, verse 4, enter into God's gates, or to heaven's gates, his gates, with what? Thanksgiving. thanksgiving. We've all heard it. And into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him. This is an identity. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Todah is the Hebrew word here for thanksgiving. Todah. Everyone say Todah. If you want to get extra, I spent many months in Israel. If you're saying thank you very much, it's todah robah. Todah robah, God. <laughs> That's thank you very much. So here's the definition of todah. It's a verb meaning to honor God with words and or actions of gratitude for what he has done in the past, what he is doing now, and even what he will do in the future. Todah is this all-encompassing Hebrew word that expresses thanks as a gift to God for his blessings in the past, present, and future. Isn't that cool? The very God who was, is, and is to come, the great I Am, receives our Todah, our thanks, for what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do in our lives. And to illustrate the power of this word, Hebrew words are so powerful. To illustrate the power of this, words, of this word, I want to share a story from my childhood. I vividly remember being about 10 years old and watching my dad pull out his back at the bottom of our stairs at our home. Any dads in the room who have viciously pulled out their backs before <laughs> moving furniture. I had this clear image etched into my mind of my dad lying there on the ground, flat on his back in excruciating pain, unable to get up. 
But instead of cursing or complaining, you know what my dad was doing in that moment? My dad was thanking God in advance for the future healing of his back. Lying there on his back, he kept saying over and over again, thank you, Jesus, for healing my back. Thank you, Jesus, for healing my back. Thank you, Jesus, that you're the healer. Thank you that you will restore my back over and over again. And parents, I just want to say, I was not a believer then, but your kids are watching you. I remember this story when I need to remind myself to give God thanks for something he's yet to do, but I know he wants to do in my life. The Lord takes me back to this moment. Parents, Derek, Elizabeth, your kids are watching your radical love for Jesus. They're going to remember things that you may never remember. I talked to my dad about it this week. He doesn't even remember this. (laughs) But I do. And I recently pulled my back helping someone move. And I remembered this, and I put it into action. Guys, and within 24 to 48 hours, I thought I was going to be out for three to four weeks. It got better, and I was golfing on Monday, and I pulled it on Saturday. This is real. Toda is real. Before the answer came, as he was still flat on his back by faith, my dad was todaing the Lord. He was todaing the Lord for what he would do by bringing restoration to his back. And when, you know, within the hour, how I remember it, my dad was off the ground, back on his feet, and his back was eventually totally healed without the intervention of surgery or even chiropractic treatment. I'm so glad that the biblical definition of thanksgiving contains this future component in it. Aren't you? So again, thanksgiving, or todah, is the Hebrew word that means to honor God with our words or actions of gratitude for what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do in our lives. Now let's quickly define it according to the New Testament in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. In everything. Everyone say, in everything. In everything, give thanks. For this, thanksgiving, is the will of God in Christ Jesus for your lives. The definition of thanksgiving in the New Testament is this, God's will for your life. (laughs) God's will for your life. That's the definition of thanksgiving in the New Testament. That's it, plain and simple. Thanksgiving is God's 24-7 will for your life. Now, how in the world can we obey this definition and actually live out God's will for our lives? How can we give God thanks in every situation? Well, the first reason is the fact that God himself is only good. God himself is only good. If God is only good, this means that whatever problem or mess we find ourselves in is not God's fault. Plain and simple. It's not his fault. It may be our fault. It may be someone else's fault. Joe Biden. It may be someone else's fault. (laughs) Or just straight up the devil's fault. We're in a sinful, broken world. It's not God's fault, whatever negative situation you're in. (laughs) Praise God for this church. I have in my notes, cough Joe Biden. (laughs) 
I have to cut that out of the stream so we don't get our tax exempt status taken away. <laughs> no, that probably is coming at some point for every church, but we won't go there. <laughs> Guys, this is how we can give. <laughs> Always give God thanks in every situation, even in the negative ones. We give him thanks for who he is, for his eternal nature of infinite goodness. Now, I need to bring something out from this verse. You've probably heard it before, but it, it bears repeating before we move on. Notice that the first little word in this verse is in. Notice how it doesn't say for. In everything, give thanks to God. Not for everything, give thanks to God. We don't give God thanks for the negative and awful things that happen in our life. Like we don't give God thanks for cancer. That's dumb. God is not the author of cancer. The devil is. God does not authorize ourselves to turn on themselves in our bodies. God is not the author of autoimmune disease. He's the author of peace and wholeness. Now we can and should give God thanks in the middle of a battle with cancer. Why? Again, we can give God thanks in the middle of cancer because of his eternal character trait of infinite goodness. More specifically, we can thank him because we know that according to Romans 8.28, God will redeem even that painful battle with cancer. And somehow, in his miracle-working redemptive power, somehow cause it to work together for our eternal good. Because that's just how good he is, and that's what his word says he'll do for those who love him and are walking in his calling for their lives. That's the two things that have to happen for that verse to come true. Here's that staggering verse. Romans 8.28. My birthday is 8.28, so I, believe, I claim this verse for my life, and as we all should in this room. And we know. Do we know? We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called and walking according to his purpose. Here's the personal challenge I hear God whispering to us through this verse. If we really believe this verse was 100% true, we would find it easy to obey his 24-7 will for our lives in 1 Thessalonians 5. If we really believed in his Romans 8.28 ability to redeem goodness for us in and through any situation, our automatic response would be to give him thanks 24-7. So here's the challenge. Let's believe in the Romans 8.28 God. Let's obey the will of God for our lives by being thankful to him in every situation. Sharon Vernon, the times I've visited you, you've been thankful. You've been so thankful to God. Yes, it's a wrestle, of course, but you've been thankful. Your, your default response has been thankfulness. And I've, how has God redeemed even the situation with you? I've gotten to know you way better than I would have before. You don't thank God for the car accident, but he redeemed it. And now you have closer relationships with your church family than you ever had before. That's just an example of Romans 8.28, right? He's so good. Let's todah <laughs> our good, good father often for what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do in our lives. 
Let's move now to our four biblical stories and examples that prove my thesis. Because it's all about me and my thesis. I'm kidding. (laughs) Remember, my thesis is this. Thanksgiving is the key to the door of heaven. Thank you is heaven's password. Gratitude is the grease on the hens that opens heaven's gate. I'm convinced that these stories that we're about to look at will build confidence in our hearts to take hold of God's presence through a lifestyle of gratitude. First, we'll look at the power of thanksgiving to open heaven's door of deliverance. Deliverance. Everyone say deliverance. The example here is from the life of Jonah. Who's heard of Jonah? I think we all learned it growing up on felt boards, if you were from way back. Jonah was supernaturally delivered from the belly of a giant whale after three days and three nights. This supernatural deliverance for Jonah didn't just happen in a vacuum. Jonah played a part in his own deliverance. After Jonah was done being a silent gangster with his arms crossed in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights. You know he spent three days and three nights basically doing this. After those three days and three nights, when he, stu- when he decided to remember the Lord, this is where it happened for Jonah, he remembered the faithfulness and the character of the God of Israel. That's when he uncrossed his arms, probably. In his literal dark night of the soul, in that fish's belly, Jonah chose to look up with the eyes of his heart and to offer God a sacrifice. Everyone say Sacrifice a sacrifice of thanksgiving with the fruit of his lips, his words. Jonah 2, 7 through 10. He says, when my soul fainted within me, I think if I was in the belly of a great, of a great whale, my soul would be fainting within me. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. There it is. And my prayer went up to you, into your holy temple. He says this, I will sacrifice to you, God, With the voice of thanksgiving, the voice of thanksgiving, I will pay what I have vowed. Deliverance or salvation is from the Lord. He recognized the source of his deliverance was on the other side of his thank you in the spiritual realm. Verse 10, so the Lord spoke to the fish. Bam, right after the thank you, the Lord spoke to that giant whale and it vomited Jonah onto the dry land. Jonah's simple Thank you is what unlocked his freedom, his deliverance. And this is meant to prove a point to us. This is meant to teach us how a simple, albeit sacrificial, thank you can and will deliver us from our metaphorical whale bellies in life. Some in the room may feel like they're in the belly of a whale right now. Well, I have good news for you if that's you you may be two words away from supernatural deliverance from that demonic oppression hovering over your life. I want us all together, whatever situation you're in, I want us all together to look up to to heaven with the eyes of our hearts and to lock eyes with Jesus. Close your eyes if you need to and lock eyes with the eyes of your heart, your spiritual eyes, lock eyes with Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. Once you see him, once you make eye contact, just say thank you. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that you always show up. 
Thank you that you will deliver us because you delight in us. Thank you that you will rescue us because you want us near. Amen. Some of you may have just experienced a measure, if not full deliverance, in doing that. Thanksgiving has the power to open heaven's door of deliverance. We'll now look at the second power of thanksgiving from the Bible, and this is to open heaven's door of angelic help. Everyone say angelic help. In order to win impossible battles that we may come against. David, a thousand years before Jesus, spent about $100 billion investing in the act of giving thanks to God. Yes, you heard me right. In today's numbers, David spent $100 billion to employ over 4,000 singers, musicians, and gatekeepers whose full-time job was to keep a 24-7 song of thanksgiving going to the Lord. Thanksgiving was their full-time occupation. That's staggering, right? Well, this extravagant investment in thanksgiving trained a culture in Israel and Judah so about 150 years later, after his investment, it really paid off in a supernatural way. 150 years later, in a story we've told before, Jehoshaphat and Judah were facing sure annihilation by a massive coalition of three enemy armies. Instead of caving in, Jehoshaphat sent those Levites, those trained full-time Thanksgiving singers out in front of his fledgling army to pave the way for a supernatural military victory against all odds. 2 Chronicles 20, verse 21, And when Jehoshaphat had taken counsel with the people, he appointed those who were to sing to the Lord as they went out before the army and to say, here's, here's what they sang, Give thanks to the Lord. For his steadfast love endures forever, over and over again. Thanksgiving from those trained singers. This spiritual sword of thanksgiving from the Levites tore open the heavens and released heaven's angelic hordes to fight on behalf of God's people. These angelic armies confused the enemy armies into turning on each other and killing themselves off. All without Judah having to shoot one physical arrow or draw one physical sword. This is the power of thanksgiving to open heaven's door of angelic help in order for us to win impossible battles that we may face in our lives. Amen? Next, we'll look at the power of thanksgiving to open heaven's door of supernatural provision and abundance, like money in your lives, in your bank account. We get this doctrine from the famous story of Jesus multiplying the five loaves and the two fish to feed a massive crowd. What is often overlooked or even not noticed about this story is that the miracle started with a simple sacrifice of thanksgiving from Jesus. The root of this miracle of the supernatural multiplication of bread was the fact that Jesus gave thanks to his father when he was in a place of severe material lack. Giving true thanks in the middle of the lack, I believe, was the real sign and wonder of this famous miracle. John 6, 11, And Jesus took the loaves, the five loaves, and when he had given thanks to his Father, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. There's the abundance. 
John 6, 23. Look at how heaven records this miracle. It says, however, other boats came from Tiberias near the place. Everyone say the place. The place where they ate bread after, only after the Lord had given thanks. Heaven recorded the multiplication miracle as happening after and only after the act of thanksgiving by Jesus. This tells us again that thanksgiving in the middle of little, in the middle of little, was the root cause of the supernatural abundance here for probably the 20 or 30,000 people that were there, counting women and children. The place where the miracle happened is the place where our Lord gave a simple thanks. And I believe the place where our financial miracle will happen will be the place where we give thanks to God for what little we may currently have in our bank accounts or in our pantry. Amen? We will lastly look at the power of thanksgiving to open heaven's door, drum roll, of resurrection power, like literal physical resurrections. We sang about it today, and I believe it because it's in the Bible, and I've heard stories of modern-day resurrections happening. I believe it. So this is another famous story from Jesus where he raised Lazarus from the dead in John chapter 11. John eleven forty one, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying, Lazarus, and Jesus, here it is, Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you hear me. I thank you that you have heard my voice. Now, when he had said these things, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died, I love that phrase, he who had died, <laughs> came out of the tomb. Lazarus's physical resurrection started with a thank you from Jesus to the Father. Thanksgiving by Jesus as he acknowledged and honored his Father's hearing ears was the key that opened up that fountain of resurrection. And we, as Jesus people, should approach seemingly hopeless situations with the same heart posture. Father, I thank you that you hear my voice. Father, I thank you that you have perfect hearing. No matter how dark, no matter how bleak, no matter how dead a situation may seem, the fact that our Father has ears and that he's not a dumb and deaf idol, the fact that our Father has perfect hearing and is perfectly good should give us all the confidence in the world that he can and wants to resurrect any person or any dream or situation in our lives. This simple fact that he always hears us changes everything and is cause enough for a life of thanksgiving and gratitude. Amen? So now we're going to shift gears and put into practice what we've just learned. If I could go ahead and invite up those who will be giving testimonies, just to be ready. Jana's first. Can't wait to hear it, Jana. As they're getting ready, I want to tell you that I am filled with hope as a pastor of this church. And really, as just someone who's reading the Bible, seeing these stories, I'm filled with hope for our church family as it relates to this simple key of thanksgiving. Sometimes it's so simple that we forget to do it. 
I am truly believing that we are going to see and hear with our eyes and our ears some real-life examples and outworkings of those four biblical examples that we just looked at together. I believe as we intentionally cultivate a lifestyle of gratitude, and it takes intentionality, that we will all see supernatural deliverance in our lives and through our hands. I believe we will collectively experience supernatural victories against all odds. I believe as a church that we will experience supernatural provision and abundance, money in our bank accounts that shouldn't be there because God is so good and he wants to bless us. And finally, I believe that we will see even real life resurrections happen through our hands and through our voice, through our, Father, I thank you that you hear me. (laughs) All of this is through the key, the simple key of our thank you to God. Amen. Jana, you can come up. Thank you. Um, It's good to see you, church, and I'm excited that I get to stand up here and thank God for his word and power. Um, In the fall, I started a mom's prayer group um, just because I saw the need, and I had a sixth grader starting middle school, so I really wanted to cover our schools in prayer. And um, a few weeks after I started the mom's prayer group, I I realized, I remember telling Sherry, actually, I don't feel the peace that I usually feel. I feel more anxious about everything. And I looked around in my life and realized no situation in my life had changed, but my anxiety level was much higher. So that wasn't the norm, and I believe I was probably getting a little backlash from the mom's prayer group starting. So um, a few weeks ago, I came into the prayer room, and Kyle was in here worshiping. So I sat down and I started having a conversation with Jesus. And what I said was, Jesus, I want to give you these anxieties. I don't want to carry them anymore. And so in my sanctified imagination, what I saw was um, just things stacked up to the sky. And what Jesus did was he came and he swallowed that stack of anxieties. And when he swallowed them, um, what he did afterwards was he blew out a breath of air. But when he blew out the breath of air, a key came flying out of his mouth. And I was, I was like, okay, what is that key, Jesus? What does that signify? Um, explain that to me. And right when I asked the question, not, no delay, I asked the question, Kyle came up to me and he said, hey, Jan, I wanted to tell you, when there are big emotions, you don't lead with the emotions. You start with the mind. And he gave me Isaiah 26.3, which is, and I have to read it because I'm a little nervous. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. He also gave me two keys that Brooke had found in here the night before. So Jesus actually had little keys for me. So that's amazing enough because Jesus is so brilliant. But the next day, I am actually speaking out at my house. I'm like, okay, I'm going to speak out Isaiah 26.3. And so I started speaking out, but I started personalizing it. So I said, Jesus, if my mind is stayed on you, then I'll be kept in perfect peace. And I will be able to, um, again, sorry, I'm a little nervous. I will be able to trust in you. So as I started doing that, Jesus was touching me. I actually, my face started shaking, my head started shaking. So I was being touched, and I believe I was being healed. By his word and his power. 
Yeah. So as Kyle pointed out to me, there are two keys here. So I believe one key is for me, Isaiah 26, 3. But church, I believe the second key is for you. Because this is for you as well. So whatever is um, an anxiety for you today, Jesus can take care of that. I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for the power of God's word. And I'm thankful for our pastors because they serve Jesus. And they know his word and they teach us his word. And his word sets us free. So I'm very thankful today. Hello. I've been here about nine and a half years, I think. Um, uh, I had boys in IHOP in December, writing songs to their girlfriends. I thought my life is all good now. I can go get martyred in the streets. And uh, been on the streets for a while. And I get a phone call, 2013, Monday morning. I'm holding 20 proofs, studying for an exam. I've been in the library for almost the whole weekend. And my son Carson told me an hour and a half some of the most incredible things going on in his life. All these testimonies, they were going after it in Kansas City. Fifteen guys evangelizing. They had been on their third day. I got to pray with them. But that night, I get a phone call from his girlfriend. He's been hit by a drunk driver, and he's in a coma. He's 21 in Kansas City. So I end up flying there two days later, and basically had an open vision. When she's talking to me, I saw him come out of a sea of glass. He saw a man standing in a forest on the other side of a beach, and Carson said, my 21-year-old, where's the music coming from? And he ran as fast as he could right into the forest to hear heavenly music. And the Holy Spirit said, he's not wanting to come back. He's not going to come back. So he, he got injured. There's a lot of confusion about the coma. Is he alive or not? So I fly there. I'm in Kansas City. Um, I, didn't, I had $17 in my pocket when this happened. So my sister's a doctor, gave me an open ticket. So I go down there. They put me in an apartment by the prayer room. I was with about 10 to 15 friends for the whole week. But anyway, I'm in the hospital, and Psalm 117 only has three verses. Praise the Lord. He is good, and his loving kindness endures forever. So I'm walking in the hall. I see Carson. All of his organs are being kept alive. He's going to give 20 body parts away. He's brain dead. And my time with him, I'm going to talk to 70 friends that have just lost their best friend. And I'm like, Lord, I'm actually praying what Kyle was saying. Lord, I know, I only know a few things right now. And I, by the way, I'm a mathematician. I knew I was in fractional dimension of time. Something, the trauma hit me so hard, I wasn't in the present. And that's a whole other story. But I'm like in this other dimension, not knowing where I am. <laughs> and I'm walking, and all I know, Psalm 117 said, Lord, I love you. I know that you're good. I know your love endures forever. I just lost my son, and I don't know what to say to all of his best friends. And as I'm praying and walking down the hallway by myself, and I'm thanking him for said, Lord, thank you for becoming love. You chose out of God. You chose, you could be anything, and you chose to be self-sacrificing love as your nature. I know your love. I know that there's some way this is going to work out. He shows up. Like a mist, he shows up and he starts talking to me. And he showed me, and I, I don't know how to explain this, but he showed me he had a scar in his heart for losing the form of his son. When Jesus became a man, he lost the form of him. 
It is like I understood that God has lost his son. And all of a sudden, I felt him holding me. And all these fractional dimensions, wherever, wherever I was, he was in all the fractional dimensions of time holding me. Like, oh my God, he's holding me. He's gone before me. I couldn't even talk. And he's, slow, he's talking very slowly because I'm not that, you know. <laughs> Paul, I just, he says, you don't have to do anything for me. Just, and I, he was talking slow. The other thing interesting, he was talking from the ground. He was talking from the ground. And he said, you don't have to do anything for me. Just find a place on the earth that you love and chill and heal. He didn't say the word chill, but he said something like that. He said, just heal. And I'm just letting him hold me and I'm breathing. Oh my gosh, the living God just showed up in the hospital. And then he said something else. He said, or. Or you can let me love harder through your broken heart in life. And he just let me stay there. I didn't want to leave because I felt like I'm being held by the living. It's like I'm being healed just by being in his presence. And I said, I finally said, Lord, I, I don't know what it looks like to live harder. I'm thinking I've already gone to the streets. I'm, I'm the most radical person I know in my own city. You know, so what does loving harder look like? But I said, yes, I want you to love harder through me. And I want to finish the race you gave me. And I want to pick up the race where my son was going. I want both races. And he said, okay, you see that girl in the hallway with the colored hair, start praying for her and all of his friends. And I started praying for five hours. I got words of knowledge for all of his friends. And at two in the morning, Carson came out with two nurses, with body bags, two doctors. And having prayed, I was strong enough to see that moment and pass through it. So what I want to say, this is Thanksgiving, and I know that many of you have been crushed. Our hearts are like glass, and sometimes they get broken, and they're in so many pieces, we don't even know where we are. But I want to tell you, if you're in a fractional dimension of time, you don't know where you are, I'm going to tell you where you are. You've been picked up by the Father and put inside of his heart. He's taken you out of time to put him inside his time. You're in his heart to heal, to not be traumatized. Isaiah 42, 1 through 4, Behold my servant, I'll put my spirit upon him. You read down there, it says, I've chosen him, I'll put my spirit on him, and a bruised reed he will not break. And I'm going to tell you, a bruised reed, if you're a shepherd like David, you, you, you have your songs in your heart, and you're picking up reeds in the field, and you're playing your harp and your guitar. The reed was like the thing that helped you play your love song that God gave you. And some of you have your reeds broken and your love song broken because your heart's been broken. I want to tell you, the Lord is good. His loving kindness is forever. He healed, he's been healing my heart. I came here and I'm here today because my son died and because I gave it to the Lord and he gave me this place. And I want to say thank you to this church, the body of Christ. We heal when we're together in community. We heal as a family. I couldn't hear right when I first came here. I couldn't even play in play with the band. I'm like, what's going on? But I've been healed over and over in different layers coming off my heart. And I do want to say, too, I've got a new song in my heart. I've got a new read. <laughs> I've got a new read, and I've also got a new rudder, because I picked up a girl that lost a father to cancer, the age of my son, 
He was going to the Philippines. He was, he was on his way to work with my first calculus student who married a missionary. God started unraveling the story where Carson was going. I have one more week next week, and I'm on my way to the Philippines. Because my son died, we're going after a whole nation. God can turn it around. So hallelujah. Um, so my testimony is going to be a little bit just more broad, not just calling on one instant. Um, I, my testimony is really, and what I'm grateful for, is truly just how this house has been so faithful, and specifically how Kyle and how Papa G, they have been faithful to not just, like, lather this place in prayer, but also just like the faithfulness of continuing to move God's heart, no matter if anyone's there watching or not. Um, and specifically, just the testimony of our youth group um, has been something that I've been so grateful to be a part of. Our youth group, when I first started going, which was a couple of years ago, there was like three of us. Um, one of the original members is in the house, Tyler Singleton. Um, and just over the last what, two years or so, we've gone from having three faithful people that are coming and seeking the goodness of God. We used to just like watch worship videos on YouTube before we had Marissa come and sing for us. And so we would have these kids just spread across the sanctuary and listening to these worship songs on YouTube and then going into the little cabin back here, which like, it's super small. So obviously not a lot of kids fit in there. And Kyle would just come and he would pour out his heart of what the Lord is like speaking to him. And it marked enough of us, right? But how the Lord has been faithful, even to Kyle, faithful to this house to just pour out the fruit, to pour out the harvest. And I'm just also super grateful that they have equipped and also have just been amazing pastors to um, even empower myself, to empower Tyler to where it's like, Tyler alone has invited, what, like, our entire youth group, 79%. And then, like, Kenna has also invited the others. I invited Kenna, so therefore I, no, I'm kidding. Um, but truly, the Lord has been faithful and had, like, this spirit of just, like, the, um, someone once told me, I think it was Nate, actually, that talked about the, um, like, come and see grace that's on a couple of people of just, like, you know, what is happening is super awesome. Like, come and see. And I really just feel like the Lord has put that on our youth group um, and just on our entire church altogether. Like, through COVID, we are faithful to keep coming, to keep pouring our love out on Jesus. And in, out of that has bore, like, all of this fruit. Like, there's so many of y'all that I don't even know, and that's crazy. Um, and so I would just want to, like, I'm so grateful for this church and how they have been so faithful to love each and every person, how they have been um, dedicated to pastoring, not just preaching a message, but truly walking beside everyone here, and how this has become a family in the body of Christ rather than just a bunch of Christians that come and they worship on Sundays. Like, truly, this is what empowers our church to go out and be the church throughout the week. And so um, if this is your first time here or, you know, you're new, I would just say that this is the place that you're going to get poured into, but you're also going to be expected to pour out. But that is what the Lord has for you, and it is good and it is full of so much amazing stuff that 
you honestly need in your life. So this is my um, shameless plug, but also just saying thank you to Kyle, to Nate, for, to Glenn and Suzanne and Brooke, just for your faithfulness and Marissa and Kaylee and everyone else. No, that's about it, actually. Um, <laughs> but thank you just for your faithfulness and how you've served this house because it is making a difference and this is your harvest. Um, so yeah. Um, so I have a healing testimony to share. So uh, I was inspired by the Testimony Tuesdays that Kyle was releasing. <clears throat> and so I decided to share a healing testimony that I had seen the Lord do within that week on my Instagram. And so I released the testimony and an acquaintance of mine reached out to me. And um, she was asking for prayer because she was is pregnant with her third child. But with the first two, she was having major progesterone issues. And so uh, with her second pregnancy, she was having to take a progesterone shot one day and then medication via pill the next day. So every single day, she was either giving herself a progesterone shot or progesterone tablet. And um, she said that the symptoms of the progesterone would make her like pregnancy symptoms 10 times worse. And it was like an extremely difficult pregnancy. And so by the time she'd reached out to me, she had already started her blood work. Um, and so she was like, will you just pray with me that I don't have to take progesterone this time? Um, and so I got to pray with her and just speak healing and wholeness over her body, that her progesterone levels would be perfect and, you know, everything. Um, that her womb would be healed. And um, so by the time that she responded to me with the testimony, she had already had two, two lab work, two blood, I don't know, two, uh, two blood tests, sorry. <laughs> and so she had already had two blood tests done and she said her progesterone levels were perfect. They were exceeding, they were so much better than even when she was taking progesterone. So um, she was rejoicing and we got to praise God together. And um, yeah, and now we get to meet up in a few weeks. <laughs> so praise God. Let's stand to our feet now and respond. Wow. I bet we could be here till three or four o'clock with just people coming up front sharing testimonies of God's goodness and his faithfulness. Just who he is and what he's done. I felt from the Lord as I was preparing this week, felt him drop a, a way to close before we start eating. And even before that, we'll have some ministry time and prayer teams up here. But I felt the appropriate way to close was to all together uh, toda the Lord, to thank him specifically for things that we want him to do. So things that he's not yet done or not yet manifested in our lives, but we want to see them happen in our life. The example is of, of my dad flat on his back in excruciating pain. Instead of complaining or cursing, he was thanking God in advance for the healing of his back and the healing came. So I believe there's that grace in these last couple of minutes before my dad comes up 
there's that grace to ask the Lord, even ask the Lord, what do you want to do in my future that I can partner with you by faith to pull into the present by thanking him that he hears us and that it's his will to bless us in whatever area he puts on your heart. So let's sing this song about the access point for all of our thanksgiving, the access point for every good and perfect gift, for every spiritual blessing in the universe is what we're about to sing about, which is the cross, the blood and body of Jesus. This is the access point. It should give us faith and confidence that whatever we're believing for, whatever we're todawing God for a future blessing to come in the present, he's already paid it in full. He's already covered it fully with the purchase price of his blood. His blood is so costly, it can pay for anything and everything that we need in our lives. So let's sing our song of thanksgiving, our song of todah, asking God for something specific in the future to come into the present as we focus on his blood and body, amen. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.